Welcome to the Cool Tools Show and Tell. We have a very special guest, Paul Jensen. So, Paul, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, I'm Paul Jensen. I'm uh, in my mid-60s. Uh, grew up in California. Uh, migrated to Washington State uh, in my mid-30s and have been up here since. Uh, my career has uh, been from uh, working at a lumberyard to a uh, a grind for a construction company working on the beaches of Santa Cruz and eventually getting my general contractor's license, uh, becoming an extensive remodeler, pretty much always working by myself and eventually working uh, into a lot of custom built in furniture um, and then uh, eventually doing a lot of stairs and, and uh, fine custom work like that. And that led me into uh, I've always been a surfer. Uh, doing the stairs with uh, with curved rails, uh, I learned how to laminate wood, and with that, I was able to develop a wooden surfboard building process that has uh, had me go around the world uh, several times and, and teach uh, a lot of people how to build wooden surfboards. And uh, I've also had a really solid career of working on uh, expedition vehicles, uh, uh, renovating them and uh, modernizing them and making them like little love shacks. <clears throat> and then uh, with that also rolled over into uh, a guy up in Seattle uh, who started a wooden trailer company. Uh, I was a consultant and production uh, person for him um, building a handmade wooden travel trailers. Uh, my thing was I'd cover the wood framed uh, teardrop trailer with a, a thin plywood hammered on with copper nails and then eventually do uh, the epoxy work on all that. So a lot of fiberglass, a lot of epoxy, a lot of custom woodworking. And uh, by the traveling around the world, you learn how things work really, really easy or work really hard depending on your mindset. I, I think you can relate to that. You yeah. have to abandon a lot of our, uh, our Western privilege. And when we return home, we realize, you know, what, there's like six big box, box stores within, you know, uh, a pretty good radius and there's all the specialty yeah, stores yeah. around the world you don't have that so you just deal with what you've got and i feel that makes you a, a better person and uh yeah um and uh more uh, adaptive that way not only does travel kind of often um strip you to the essentials but you get to see what marvelous things people can do with the most minimal tools available i have seen in places like uh, Sri Lanka, Oman, India, people making these huge wooden boats uh, by hand. I mean, literally, without any power tools at all. And it's just gobsmackingly amazing um, to yeah. see what, what yeah. they do with just ants and yeah. Yeah. from yeah. logs. And, and these are like not little canoes, not, not a little kayak. <laughs> these are like, like cargo ships. And yeah. Um, it is it is remarkable. So that is and with that, I, I appreciate the the modernness of how everything can get, you know, all CNC design and cut. Um call me old school. You, you know, you, you gotta learn how to have major mistakes and how to fix what fix them because you can't just abandon it and just click delete. You gotta keep moving forward, you know. And yeah, and yeah. Um, that perseverance, I don't know if that's a, a, a losing trait these days or not. Yeah. But um I don't want to sound like the old guy. I love well, it. Well, well, let's let's move on to some of your favorite tools um, that yeah. you you know are really would really be loath to lose and not have. What's what's a favorite tool of yours that you well, obviously uh, use them all the time and have a lot yeah, of backgrounds yeah. um, in all kinds of things, as you said, from woodworking to plastics to um, resins and beyond. Yeah, T tell us a cool tool. 
Well, um, I, a lot of the tools that uh, are the most important are the ones that keep the other tools working. Uh, sometimes it's a grinder. Sometimes it's something to pry open a cover to a, you know, something. Right. Uh, a lot of my things are, are edge tools. I, I like a, a good sturdy knife. Uh, lately, I've been liking to use a, a, a good sharp paint scraper. And I'll, I'll show you all these in a minute. Uh, a, a, a nice uh, a smooth faced hatchet and, uh, and a four inch uh, power grinder. Um, with those things, I, I can get a lot done. Um, and of course I have, you know, the, the, the small assortment of, uh, of your DeWalt uh, power tools, the, you know, the, 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 the mini table saws and mini chop saws, but most of the time it's, you know, if I, I can do it by, you know, simple hand tools. Um, well, show, that, show us one of them. With that said, uh, I found this knife uh, in uh, Japan. I was teaching a workshop there. And it's made by Olfa, and they, I think they're most commonly known for making the little snap-off blade. Uh, yeah, uh, sort of like this, like this one, the little Olfa. That's what you got right there, yeah. This has a fixed blade, and uh, it, it, it retreats back to there, uh -huh. comes out. It's real solid, very substantial blade. You can do some major leveraging, and the replacement blades are available uh, uh, inexpensively. This tool is like 9 bucks, I guess. And what do you um, use it for? This is what the blade comes with, looks like when it comes with it. Um, I'm on my third blade in uh, 10 years. That's what, uh, when I finally say that's that's enough. Oh, because you keep sharpening it. You don't I, use I do. It. It's all belt sander. It's all piece of 220 on a flat surface. Uh, I don't get hung up with so much of that other stuff. You know, my, my, I'm a, I'm a good, clever guy, but I'm not the best guy out there, uh, and I'm not going to measure my life by this this how tight my dovetail joints can be. Um, <laughs> so, so but, what, what no, do you use a knife for? What do you use it for? Uh, if er, everything. I mean, I have gone, you know, opening boxes, uh, cutting um, paint away for, and moldings from baseboard and crown molding against the wall. I've used it to do intricate. This is one of the surfboards I made, and these were all cut by hand with this knife. Wow. Um, just, you know, straight patterns and curved patterns and tape them together and, and cut around it. With uh, a blade, you can be sharpened, uh, you know, just flat. You can just get it so knife sharp, I mean, uh, razor sharp, and, um, and, and <laughs> third blade in, in 10 years, maybe. Yeah, wow. So I, I've been reminded to describe this to our listeners on the podcast. It's um, it's a metal, it's a metal skeleton like a knife holder, and and, yeah. a, and a kind of a larger than a razor blade, angled at a very steep, looks like maybe even a thirty degree uh, angle at the front. Yeah. And um, what you showed was a surfboard back. Yeah. Covered with um, look almost like chipboard. Um, uh, it's actually zebra wood veneer. Yeah, zebra wood veneer that is inlaid just gorgeously and using this knife. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and it's one of those things that um, with, with the travels that I've had to do, um, I typically don't bring any tools with me because of bringing knives across borders. And um, if I, I can't find something like this, I'll find like the, a, a inexpensive steak knife and just use that for the duration while I'm there just you know spend you know 10 minutes on a belt sander putting a super sharp point on it and when i'm done just leave it behind it a knife like that would last 
two, three years uh, with, with just, you know, every morning in the shop, just hit it on the sandpaper, keep that thing sharp, make these, you know, four inch blades become two inch blades. So you would use like uh, a sandpaper. What kind of a grit? Do you go through grits on your sandpaper too, or do you? Just- uh, I I I do, and that makes me smile. When I was working with uh, um, the the trailer company, Homegrown Trailers in Seattle, they would bring people in, and they would have uh, uh, auditions and ask them the questions. And, and invariably, the question I would ask the prospective candidate: If you were to describe yourself with the grit of sandpaper, what grit would you be? And, and, and you see the phonies and the pretenders real quick when they start saying 220 smooth shit. And I'm going, uh, me, uh, 40 grit, 10,000 RPM. <laughs> I'm coarse, but baby, I got finesse. <laughs> that's, yeah. a great, that's a great question. First yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just going to sort out a bunch of people who, who have no idea what you're even talking about. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or uh, the other one is like, uh, okay, there's a stack of two by fours. You got 10 minutes to make a, a set of saw horses, you know? Yeah. And just, are you, yeah, are you a pretender? Or are you a contender? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a okay. Great. Moving on to the next tool um, with what I've been doing around our house. Uh, we bought a house that's uh, uh, was built in 1915 and uh, we're doing some renovations on the outside. And one of the projects I'm doing in the summertime is doing a repaint on it. And with that, there's some blistering old paint back when they, they did it back in world war one, I, I guess they didn't have primer. So uh, a lot of the paint didn't stick. And my uh, always have with me tool now is a common paint scraper. Mm. Uh, the brand doesn't really matter. This is Hyde, I think. Oh, and Anvil. Um, Anything works as long as it's got that shape there, and I hit it again with the belt sander. So that I, shape, could you describe that? It's sort of like a, a flattened. Belt. It's, it's it's like a, a putty knife, but it's got a little hook built into uh, one edge of it, uh, and, and it then it has a, a part of this. It's like for cleaning out paint rollers, but it also creates a nice big concave area where you can slip the edge of the narrow side, and so you've got basically three good cutting surfaces you have the the shortest one is about three eighths of an inch uh in height the long part is maybe two and a quarter and then the hook part you might have a quarter inch of effective area but it can be also be sharpened so sharp um once i was peeling our paint off i got the obvious blisters opened up and uh and then with you know touching up the tool every 20 minutes on a belt sander I was basically able to shave the paint off between where the, the wood had been, where it opens and, and closes throughout all the years, and then just get in between that layer. And instead of sanding it, I basically shaved the the, 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 the old paint off. When you're um, touching up that tool on a belt sander, what grit are you using? Uh, whatever's on there. <laughs> Typically, it's like 80 to 100. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not that guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, this, so what you do that's different from that paint scraper is that you actually sharpen it and make it into kind of like a sharp tools are good tools. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, it's not like you just pull down and hope that it, it you're like knocking off the rust stuff. You're actually create, you, you can shave with it. I mean, I'm not going to try, but it, it's, it's sharp enough. It's like a super thin chisel. Super yeah. thin chisel, blades a little bit flexible, 
Um, but with what I've been doing, I, I walk around with this thing almost all day long. It, it takes the place of this uh, a lot of the times because I've got enough good sharp edges to work with. And, and um, that's, um, that's tool number two. Okay, great. Great suggestion. Are you ready for three? Number three is a, a shingle hatchet uh, made by Estwing. Okay. Uh, I forget where I got this. I've had uh, a lot of uh, Japanese style uh, uh, hammers with the super long neck with the, the small curves and claws. But I find that uh, uh, this is nice because I can use it as a, as a pry bar. Again, it's, it's really sharp. I can score something and back cut it. I uh, smooth out the faces so it's not a waffle face. Uh, I know that this is one and three eighths inches this way. I know that it is six inches this way, and I know that it is 12 inches this way in length. So those little numbers, if I'm just like putting siding on, I want to create a pattern with something, hold it against the nail, put one right there, drop it down, put it there again. Same thing linearly. Uh, if I need to dig in the soil, it's there. And claw hammers are just generally useless to me these days uh, for, for demolition. Small flat bars, pry bars, if you're taking things apart and if you need to pull, you can always get in that notch right there, get one in there, lift it up. Um, what do the holes crude, do you use? Uh, most right carpenters here? don't uh, swear by these things. The, the titanium uh, is a big deal, I guess. But uh, you know, it's a, it's 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 just repetitive and, and learning how to thwack it real quickly and lightly. It's uh it, it's not a, a, a sledgehammer driving contest to me, and and nobody ever really uses uh, um, uh, hammers anymore for anything other than just knocking wood around. It's all nail guns, and right. um, and and that that's a valid place. I don't really have a lot of use for those like <laughs> for for nails. Who who uses nails, right? Um, yeah, screws are so so much more important for assembling the, the major structures. I think if you were doing a lot of framing, you'd probably use a nail gun. I use finished guns. They're, they're very handy. But if we're working on an old house, I'm mostly trying to pry up siding to remove something, um, maybe pull something tight. Um, and the, just the S-wing um, uh, frame, uh, uh, shingling hatchet, I guess you'd call it, um, works good for, for kindling. And uh, again, the, this is the third tool with a really sharp edge. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if I need to sharpen a pencil, you know, I, I can do that too with this thing. So um, that's what are the, that, what are the holes at uh, the top for? These are, for, if, uh, I think it's, if, I'm not a shingler, but I think there's a gauge you can put on and you can determine the, the depth of the, the shingle uh, overlap. So you would, it's like a little pin that would go through and you hook that on the bottom of the shingle and you lift it up and then you hold it in place and then you nail it in. Oh, I see. Okay. I think that I, I've never done it that way. All right. All right. But so it's, this, it's, for, it's for some kind of gauge. Okay. So this is a, it's called a shingling hatchet. Yeah. Typical term. And it's sort of like a cross between a hatchet and a hammer. Um, yep. It almost looks like a geologist, geologist hammer and, uh yeah and ma masonry hammers uh are, are similar but the the masonry hammer would have it be about uh, one inch wide over the 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 top and then go like more chisel like that way this is uh, on a different axis but uh carpentry wise it's, it's just solid and pretty much unbreakable um some people are have concerns about the shock from steel hammers uh, affecting their elbows, and there again, it's get learn good technique and uh, and uh, you you avoid that. I've been doing this a long, long time, and 
I'm still okay. <laughs> that's a great, again, you like to sharpen things. Um, and that's um, dual use, I guess you would call it. Yeah. yeah. You always have something sharp at hand. Um, so uh, the Estuing is, and I imagine there's probably different brands as well of a shingle hatchet. They do. I think Estuings is uh, maybe the only one that has the, the metal a shank to it, metal shaft. Okay. Um, a lot of them are wood, and uh, I used to think that wood was was the, the best thing, but uh, I really like the the solid forge one piece with a with a rubber grip. Uh, the, yeah. it, it's not going to break on me, and if it breaks catastrophically, it's my fault, my failure. Uh, but you can really put some leverage with a with a tool like this and um, throw it around, leave it in water. It's not going to uh, swell up on it. Just you, know, you don't have to be uh, super nice to your tools all the time, other than putting a good sharp edge on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, your fourth tool. Uh, fourth tool uh, is uh, uh, a, this is a Dewalt uh, twenty volt uh, uh, cordless battery powered four inch uh, grinder uh, polisher. They call it a heavy duty heavy duty cordless cutoff tool. Uh, I use it primarily with a with a, a sanding disc, a, typically 40 grit on a, a backing pad. And this, uh, if I'm cutting steel, I can take the sharp edges off of a, of, of something. If I'm working um, with wood and I need to put a quick bevel on something, it's just a really super fine touch. And I use this tool a lot for when I was uh, building wooden surfboards. I would um, uh, do the, the rail shaping that's uh, the edge of the board that's this part of the board right here i would use the tool and, and just feather it all in go up and back and and use this as the, as the primary tool to to remove wood um it, it's a learned technique but when you're teaching a surfboard workshops and you're doing uh you know 10 boards uh in a day helping people out uh, you learn really fast how to get good as opposed to building one a week. Yeah. And, and by the, the teaching too, you learn uh, what um, they don't have. You have, you have to overcome a lot of things with materials. You got to be flexible. And, uh, and it's, um, it's, I learned as much as they do. You know, I was just recently looking at cordless um, cutoff saws yeah, because I also have Dewalt, and I noticed that there are several different models. The one you have is really nice because it has this sort of open handle-like thing to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take the guards off all my tools. Okay, all yeah. your tools. I don't endorse that, but it's worked for me. Uh, and it, there's a uh, you can put a little T handle or an L handle that comes off yeah. the side and would go in like that. Uh -huh. uh, but it, it's small enough, wide enough. I can do most of my work, you know, one-handed, um, and and, and just understanding the, the right kind of technique when you're using a tool like this. When right. you're trying to shape a surfboard, you want to have your, your elbow right tight against your oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, body to, to like create a, like, it, it won't be loose and flapping around. It'll be tight to your body. It's one less axis to be moving. So right. it's, it's, it's the little things. And do you take that, that sanding hub off and put on like a cutoff wheel if you wanted to cut? Steve. I do. I had um, a wire wheel on it today too. Uh, oh. Yeah, cut off wheel for if I'm uh, cutting electrical conduit or or rebar. Um, 
again, it's a, it's a simplicity. My toolkit is actually a lot, it's pretty darn small uh, because I learned to adapt with what tools I have to, uh-huh. uh, to meet the situation. And a few tools like uh, this so invaluable. Some people swear by jigsaws all the time or bandsaws or, or sawzalls. And, you know, everybody has that one thing that really works well for them. And, uh, and this little kit, uh, it's indispensable to me. I, I would like to find a way where I didn't have to have a, a power, power tool at all. But um, in the world I live, that's not practical. Yeah. Cutting metal is, the hacksaw is just. No. 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 Done that. Been there. Nope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, I, actually, for me, that was a huge discovery. Discovering the angle grinder, the, the cutoff wheel was like, oh, my God. I wish yeah. I'd known about that 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Or earlier, well, 20 years before. One of the things we, that uh, I've been working on at our house, we, had a, we moved in and had a raspberry patch, and uh, we did the maintenance last year, and the raspberries just went crazy. They got up to 12 feet tall, and they were um, not supported enough by the typical wires that uh, um, support the raspberries. A friend gave me some, some bamboo, and I made a bamboo pergola in a way, uh, over the existing wire um, uh, support structure for the for the berries, and to to join the bamboo pieces together, I didn't want to lash them all together. But I got some uh, uh, all thread, some threaded rod, quarter inch, put a nut on one side, and I can make whatever length bolts that I wanted um, with you know using the the cutoff wheel to cut them, using this to open up threads so I could actually thread the nut on. And when I was through with it, I got some bolt cutters and cut it short. So I ended up with a bunch of all thread and I got this, you know, fairly sturdy, going to last at least 10 years structure in the backyard with materials that I don't have to go buy. If it's there, I can work with it. Right. So like uh, the, the, I worked with chicken wire to do a, you know, a chicken coop. The, the, the trick is use your cutoff wheel to cut yeah. chicken wire. It's like, it's, it's really the only way to do it. It's yeah. not like a scissors or pliers or yeah. wire cutter. You take your cutoff thing and you just zip right across, and that's how you cut chicken wire. Same same thing. I was working with uh, um, metal roofing. We have a house that has horizontal bevel siding on it, and the bottom courses were rotting out. So what I ended up doing was get some galvanized metal, cutting it to 34 inches and running vertically to where the, the horizontal siding was. And, again, this cutoff tool works just great. Yeah. 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 It's just and, like, you know, having a, a, a little assortment of batteries can carry you through the, the times when uh, you, you wished you had a cord. But, um, yeah, they, and the DeWall systems work great for me. I've got, uh, you know, probably six different battery-powered tools, um, and they're all interchangeable. And I have yet to kill a battery on those things. I can't say that for all the brands that I've worked with, but DeWalt has just been a performer. Yeah, the cordless revolution has really changed things, and I'm so Oh, yeah all my tools that way um, that I never thought. Um, and I just looked at some of these cordless. Uh, well, we just had someone on uh, Tim O'Reilly talking about his cordless chainsaw. Yeah. 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 Like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> One of the other essentials. I, I don't really need a chainsaw. We've been doing uh, some major uh, landscaping on our house and uh, just a cordless uh, DeWalt uh, battery-powered uh, Sawzall uh, with uh, a very aggressive blade. I, mean, I 
cut like nine inch logs with the thing. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I have an electric chainsaw, but there again, you grab the battery powered one, show my wife you know, how to hold it, let the tool do all the work, and she right. can do her cuts herself. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, these, and, these quite a revolution. So, so these these were a fan, really fantastic, Paul. Do you, do you have um a project that you want to share with us, an audience? Um, something you want to tell tell them or. Um, where to find more about you or uh, a passion project that you're working on? I, I, I think if you, you want to find out more about my work, I, I have a, um, a website, hollowsurfboards.com. And on the links page, there's links to a lot of the vehicles that I've worked on. There's links to some day job work that I have done. Uh, I don't really have a lot of, you know, I have no Facebook friends, uh, very few Instagram followers. I don't really use my my uh my time for you know promoting my work because i'm retired um but uh, lloyd uh, con uh, uh has one of my vehicles featured in the book uh that he just came out with rolling homes right and uh it, it's a jeep that i uh, i was uh fortunate enough to have a, a client um uh, have me do the work on and he gave me a lot of latitude for the creativity and the overall uh, design aesthetics uh, when he was um, had it for over a year, he wanted to do another modification to it, and he sent it out of state, and that person failed to do the work. And uh, by then, he had uh, a substantial amount of money invested in it, and he didn't want to go through that same amount of money again to try to get it going and the amount of time that it would take. And he chose not to go ahead and, uh, and sell it or prop part it out, but he gifted the vehicle to me. And, uh, and then I went ahead and did a restoration, very, very similar to what I did initially, but I did it, you know, the way that, uh, that met my needs more. And that's the vehicle that's in the Rolling Homes book. Um, Are you and, working on another vehicle now? I kind of like, I don't do that. Like people ask me to do it. Uh, retired feels really good. I'm so busy around here. We're doing a lot of work in, in our house. Uh, again, I'm, I'm stripping paint. I'm adding metal siding. I've just put some baseboard at the bottom of the metal siding. A, a friend gifted me uh, a log and we took off the, the outer corners, the edges of it. And it was all the live edge half logs. And I made that as the baseboard against the metal. Um, yeah. So it goes from soil to log, to wood, to paint and trim, to brick red barn house. So that's what I've been working on. I built a, 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 a slate a fireplace with, uh, with a two by two, two by four and four by four slates mm. uh, with a redwood mantle. Did that last year. I tiled a shower uh, in our laundry room. So we have a shower, used a bunch of hexagonal tiles to do that. Uh, built a uh, a garden shed uh, for my wife for all of her uh -huh. things. It just goes and goes and goes. So, like when you were doing the tiling, had you done tiling before, or do you just go to YouTube and start googling how to tile? Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's that's how you do it. My first tile jobs were uh, in in Pebble Beach for some friends, and they thought that I knew what I was doing, and I wasn't going to let them down. And it involved like uh, tiling a countertop, well, a floating mortar bed. And back then, we even floated the backsplashes. You know, that's just the way it was done in California. You you know, you chip chicken wire on the on the wall. You put up some screeds, do that. And then I had a lot of work replacing broken shower pans on the old tile. Go in there with a and break out the lower three courses of tile. Pull out all the old mortar. Put in a new vapor barrier. And and. You, the best way to learn is to do tear outs and then uh, 
and uh, and, and the old traditional ways in a lot of ways are, are still the best ways. Things are so over-engineered now. It's so litigious in the cost of houses. When you're having to spend like seven or eight bucks for a joist hanger, you know, who can really afford so much of this stuff? Right, right, Just right. The, the things have been complicated. But, you know, I understand the need for all that, too. One of the things you learn by doing tear outs is what also not to do as well. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, it's, it's like the, the building paper on this house. It was basically just cardboard. You know, it kept the air from moving in and out, you know, and uh, yeah, the house we have is insulated in the attic and the and in the, in the subfloor, but the walls aren't insulated. It's just got that three and a half inch airspace with two layers of wood on the outside, a layer of wood and a layer of drywall. Last year, the outside siding was 142 degrees uh, with one of those digital uh, thermometer guns. Uh-huh. And on the inside, 82 degrees. You know, it's uh, 82 on the inside, 142, and there's just air. Why was it 142? It was the heat spell. We had and that, the sun hitting it all day long. Oh, wow. Did, yeah, so you put your hand on it, you know, you don't want to do that for very long, but uh, I was just curious, you know, what are the temperatures out here? I know that it's like, you know, 100 degrees outside, but, you know, the asphalt was probably, you know, wow. bad enough to burn your feet. So so do you, are you still making wooden surfboards or giving the, teaching the classes on that? Not really. I kind of just did all that and said, uh, I, I got nothing left to prove. I got, I, I, I figured out a process. I put it out there for free for people to take. And uh, I think I read something about in your uh, Tools of the Titans uh, talking about give it away, give it away, give it away. Right, right. And if it, if it has any value at all, people are going to take it and run with it. Through a set of circumstances, though, with me giving giving away the process, people were making their boards. And this one uh, a pair of guys in, the, in a, one of our local beaches made a board. And then they were, you know, looking at mine and holding it. And some guys walked by and go, while, while they're holding my board, going, that's an amazing surfboard. And they go, yeah, we make them just like this. And, and it, it just felt like I got vomited on, you know, these people are taking credit for what I'm doing and acting like total assholes. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be giving it away anymore. I'm going <laughs> to sell the information on a how-to CD back when, you know, uh-huh. were, were sold. And that led me to being able to travel around the world and, and teach. I'd sell the CD for a hundred bucks a pop, basically a book on, on, on uh-huh. And then I uh, travel and, and then uh, teach and travel and teach. And uh, and a, a good friend, uh, Tim Niemeyer, he lives in, in Bellingham. Tim started uh, Ocean Kayaks, uh, the ubiquitous uh, kayaks everywhere. And his business model, which he shit said, maybe this will work for you, is to you know take a whole bunch of pre-orders, like Kickstarter finally starting to do it. And when I it was for surfboard building, I would try to set up three workshops in Australia so I would have, you know, a good source of income for on one trip and pre-sell those things. And if there's enough people to to justify the workshop, usually 10, or that wasn't hard pulling 10 people together, then you go ahead and schedule. You don't get the 10, you refund the money. Right. So it's, it's this process of, of, of giving it away, showing that you're altruistic, and then uh, then you are able to, you know, travel and meet people and right. And see an amazing world. So today, if someone wanted to 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 learn, wh- where do they go? Is that your website, or is there a course somewhere? Uh, there- I, I I have uh, the I do teach workshops still um, at my house, unless I can get enough people together to make it worthwhile. But okay. I 
been there and done that. And I'm just kind of waiting for somebody else to, to take the, the process and evolve with it a little bit more. To me, it's disappointing. So, you know, a handmade craft, you know, it hasn't really been significantly improved on in 20 years. You know, I, I know how to do things differently, but it's like, yeah, you guys take care of that. And, and well, when has anybody to, tried to make a YouTube version of, uh, for you? Oh, they're all over the place. They're all over. Yeah, yeah. There's so many uh, videos, you know, that, but there's very, there's very little originality. It's just like somebody doing a video of, of your process. You, you uh-huh. show me the process that I'm now your expert. Okay. And that's what's been going on. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, there's very, very few people who are, are, are innovative. There's a lot of people who are very good at copying and replicating and, 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 and mastering the process. But uh-huh. as far as originality, it's, you know, I don't okay, know. But I mean, has anyone made a video of you doing uh, the, the instruction? No, no, no. <laughs> That's what that, uh, they 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 they've had cameras in the uh, in the workshops. I have no problem with that, but uh, I never deliberately sat down to to create the video. It's just like I don't want to take the time to have to learn to edit that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't buy a CNC machine back in two thousand seven because uh, you know it, it would have been a learning process, and that's when the economy did a downturn. And I'm glad I didn't invest a lot of money on something I really couldn't use. Yeah, yeah. I had a really narrow time where where I was the guy. That, traveling the world, teaching people how to do this stuff. And since then, the, the, the YouTube videos have superseded that. Yeah. There's Facebook groups for, for everything. And, uh, and the masters are slowly just, you know, gathering dust and, and getting nicknames like Old Salt, you know. So. <laughs> well, um, I hope you do at some point. Uh, some young whippersnapper comes along and says, okay, Grandpa, let's film you doing it for one last time. <laughs> I do it. I do it. I do it. I, okay. I, I, I just, I, I don't do it for the money. I've got other things that I'm, I'm doing. And yeah, I, just love I understand. Like, yeah. I, the, the travel was awesome. Meeting people and and uh, and spending uh, two or three weeks in a, in a destination, living under home rules, uh, never staying in an Airbnb or a hotel, just kind of like, this is how you live? <laughs> That's a great, you that's you got out of the TP last year, and we're and you're living in this thing now, or you know, it, it's all over the board. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. No ground truth. We call it ground truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this has really been wonderful, Paul. Thank you so I've much enjoyed it. For, for your time, for your great selection of tools. Very, very helpful to me, and I appreciate what you're doing and your work and your ethos and your sensibility. So. More power to you. Keep going. Make some more stuff. Be imaginative. And thanks for being on Cool Tools. Awesome. I I enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much, Kevin. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition, um, this Cool Tools Show and Tell is also available in an Audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts if you just wanted to listen. And if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel where we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, We also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items 
um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can deal with it in a couple minutes. And every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag. We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website. Um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by Patreon supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. And for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We'll respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan and um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. We are grateful for all our Patreon supporters and this week's include Randy Fisher, Bob K, Hans Reisbeck, Michael Douglas, Andrew Nepley, Chris Wurstuk, Dan O'Brien, Michael Jones, Chris Wayland and Pamela Cooley. We give thanks to each of you and appreciate your support. Thank you. Thank you.